Would you pray with me? Holy God, we thank you for being with us today. And we thank you that you have called us out to serve. And one way we do that is giving our gifts. So we thank you for using them and using us. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. I'm Patty Connolly, one of the pastors here. And, uh, you know, when you live with the guy who sings, you can tell him what to sing. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite songs. So thank you, sweetie. Happy Mother's Day. Pastor Ed is in California, so if you want to wake him up, go ahead and buzz him a little bit. Uh, so he um, gave me the opportunity to share with you this morning. And in honor of Mother's Day, I know that I have told you about my brother Bill, and I have thrown my husband under the bus with potato salad, which by the way, I got five offers. It says a win for me, okay? I would like to share with you an epic fail I had as a mother, so I shall throw myself under the bus, okay? Uh, I was a divorced mother, and I raised Kathy and Adam, and Kathy, I think, was about, woo -woo, there you are, uh, Kathy was five, and Adam was a year old when uh, my, their dad and I divorced. And a couple years later, Kathy decided that for her birthday, she would like a pet bird. So what does she do? She goes and tells dad. <laughs> and she goes, spends the weekend with dad, and she comes back with a pet bird, and he is yellow. I guess he was a he, he was she, I don't know, but he was in a pretty pink cage. So he came in, and I said, well, darling, what did you raise your, what did you name your bird? Fred. I'm sorry. Fred? Yes. Now, Fred found his way into my bedroom because someone figured out that he couldn't get light and all the birds couldn't talk to him in her bedroom, so he stayed in my bedroom. And Fred ate constantly. This is the most hyper bird I'd ever seen. I had two seed cups, I had a string of seed, and he would go through it in eight hours. Now, he wasn't a fat bird, but he was a hyper bird. So one weekend, Kathy and her brother went to their dad's, and I shot out on a Saturday morning. I was gonna do my errands while they were gone. And when I came home that evening, Fred was dead in the bottom of the cage. And I thought, oh God, Kathy is going to have a trauma. She is going to have wailing and gnashing of teeth. I know she's going to be scarred for life. So I took Fred, wrapped him up, gave him a Christian burial. <laughs> and I thought, okay. So Kathy comes skipping in Sunday morning. Hi, Mom. I said, honey, I have to talk to you. Honey. While you were gone, the bird died. Okay. 
wait a minute. Are you all right, honey? Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I'm going, I'm going. I thought I dodged a bullet. I hate to tell you, honey. I forgot to feed the bird. <laughs> he either died of shock from no food or starvation, I don't know. But I thought, I have got this, yes. Well, I mentioned Adam. Adam was about three years old. And you know three-year-olds, they like rhyming words. And he came up behind me and said, Fred's dead, Fred's dead, Fred's dead, Fred's dead. And he toddles into her room, Fred's dead, Fred's dead, Fred's dead. I gotta stop this. I gotta stop this right now. Adam, you want a cookie? Four cookies later, he quit. I thought, yeah. Well, the next day, I took Adam up to my mom's who, by the way, mom, I love you for taking care of my kids. And she called me at work and she said, um, Patty, um, Adam's saying Fred's dead. I know, that, I know that, I understand that, but honey, every time he says that, he points at my cookie jar. <laughs> There's my fam, there you go. And so there is your laugh for the day. So if you get a little blue today, just remember, Fred's dead. <laughs> We are in a series of sermons called Stewards of Hope, and it's a discussion of the commitment we give to this church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. And Ed shared with us about we boldly go where no man has gone before with our prayers. And then we are, have radical unselfishness with our presence and the giving of ourselves and our gifts and talents. So today we're gonna to talk about service and how that impacts us in our community. Today's scripture is the book of Acts and it describes how the 12 apostles handled a problem in their community. So let's read Acts 6, one through seven. Hear the word of the Lord. In those days when the number of disciples were increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because of their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. And so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. This is the word of God for the people of God. 
So we're talking about service this morning. So what's going on here though? We've got conflict. Now we all know that in church communities, we don't experience conflict. And that is sarcasm. That's one of my gifts. <laughs> but let's see how they solved it. You see, the early church was growing tremendously. And because of that, the Greek Christians of that church body believed their people were being neglected. They were looked over by the Hebrew Jews. Now, if you know your Bible, the Old and New Testament says that we are to care for the widow, the orphan, the destitute, and the powerless. And the 12 apostles just could not care for all of those people. So they chose seven men. Now notice this isn't arbitrary, but it's like we do with a job application. What are the requirements of the job? What are your qualifications for the job? And they selected these men because their gifts fit. That's what service is. We get joy and meaning when we use the gifts that God gives us. For example, I find no joy in organizing a meal or a large, for a large group of people. I've fed seven people, my family, for years. I that's it. Seven's all I do. But I happen to know somebody who I can say, would you provide cookies and coffee for this many people? She takes it. She runs with it. It is delicious, and she gets joy from doing it. And she also tells me to stay in my lane so I can, she can do hers. But that person gets joy in sharing. You know, growth in a church also requires change. We don't like change. When your kids grow, they need new clothes. You have to buy more food. You have to go more places for their activities. Growth is challenging. And this change was particularly challenged in, for this culture because everything they were doing was embedded in past memories and traditions. This was not the way we do it. So these things had to change. And the solution the Holy Spirit gave them required a change of thought, a change of culture. And I know that the passage indicates that everything was solved, everything was nice, but I'm sure it took some time to get all those pieces together. So they called and commissioned seven, and those seven called and commissioned more. And the scripture says the word of God was spread, not just by evangelistic preaching by the apostles, but because the community was ministered to. So how does that speak to us today? How does service look like in this body and in your life? First, let's look at what service really is. Now, service is defined as the act of helping or aiding someone. And as Christians, we are called to do this. But why? So we can look like Jesus. So we can look more like him. Service is not an emotion, 
It is not a feeling. It is not a checkbox that we check off to be good with God. It has nothing to do with the way we feel. It has everything to do with what we do. Christian service does two things. It first connects the receiver with God through the giver. As the one who serves, you represent God to them. You demonstrate the love of God in a physical way. As the Emmaus tradition says, you are the hands and feet of Christ. You are a visible reflection of his love to them. Second Christian service connects the receiver to their church community. You're bringing our church to them. If you've ever had the privilege of visiting a nursing home or a homebound person, the first thing they will say, say to you is, tell me about the church. Tell me what's going on with the church. You are that representative, and you are bringing the church into their living space. And you're making them feel like they're still part of the church community. And if you are serving folks outside our church community, what a tool of evangelism to bring a caring church to them. So what does this mean to us individually? Okay, let's be selfish for a minute. According to the internet, helping others improves our social support, encourages us to lead a more physically active lifestyle, distracts us from our problems, allows us to engage in a meaningful activity and improves our self-esteem. I asked my community group on Friday, why do they serve? And they told me they like to learn new things. It's different than their usual job. Seeing others dedicated to service makes me want to participate. I felt God's presence when we're doing ministry. I like being part of a team. You know, even random acts of kindness is service. So by blessing others, you are blessing yourself. Now how about that for a win-win? By serving others, we are served in so many ways. We become Christ to people and we grow spiritually. We help those in need and our needs are met. We connect people with our church and we connect with them. Our self-esteem is improved and so is theirs. So I want to bring this home, Boone UMC, and you knew I was going there. We are a mission-minded church. Our mission is to love our community and invite all to discover life in Christ. What are you doing to fulfill this mission? We are all called to serve, and if you haven't noticed, we are a growing congregation, praise God. But we only have four pastors, five directors, and two people who, do mu who donate their time for music. 
We cannot do it all. We need your help to provide congregational care, to teach our children and youth, to help with music, to work in missions. We need your help to care for this church body and for our community. Brandon Manning, in his book, Abba's Child, says, if you want to know what a person really believes, don't just listen to what he says, watch what he does. If someone would follow you around, what would they make of your God? What would they see? Let me share you another example of someone who demonstrates their faith without saying too much. And I can bet you could guess who it is. And she asked me not to tell her name. She answers the phone in the office. She visits the homebound. She takes flowers to the nursing home. She maintains our membership role. And yes, she brings coffee to the staff. Yes. <laughs> and that's all I know that she does but I know she does so much more. And she is married to a man who likes to talk a lot, so we know she doesn't talk a lot. She doesn't have the space. But she lives her faith, and she serves with her gifts. And we are so grateful for this sweet lady. So what would someone say if they followed you around? I hope and I pray it's a Christ follower who loves to serve and make the world a better place and therefore the word of God will spread to all who hear in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit pray with me gracious God we just yield ourselves to you right now in the quiet. God, speak. I thank you that you have spoken through me through your words. But I also thank you that you have spoken to those who would hear. I pray as we conclude our service with a beautiful song, one of my favorites that you would speak to us all and ask, how will you serve me? Amen. Let us stand and worship.